Welcome to Beyond the Fear, a space for rebels and dreamers, healers and soul seekers, light workers and rule breakers, artists and creators who are ready to break free from fear and live a life that turns them on. Hey, I'm Nadine Zomot, and in my early 20s, I broke free from an oppressive culture in the Middle East that was suffocating my free spirit and denying me the ability to follow my intuition. I now embrace a life that exceeds my wildest imagination, and my mission is to guide you to do the same. My unique method brings together practical aspects of money coaching, energetics, trauma and nervous system healing, spirituality and inner child work, and as a result, my clients are now able to follow their desires and tap into the richness of life, elevating not just themselves, but also their communities. This podcast is about integrating and healing our shadow parts to amplify our essence and live life guided by our intuition. My guests and I will be sharing our stories and wisdom to help guide you to embracing and living life passionately because there's nothing sexier in life than a person who embraces their authentic power. The world needs you to show up as you in your power, in your authenticity, your imperfections, your rebellion, and in your truth. Because if this little girl from Jordan can do it, so can you. So now, what about you? What's waiting for you beyond the fear? Hello and welcome back to Beyond the Fear. So, the title of this episode is Who the Fuck is Nadine Zamot? But let me start off by telling you who the fuck I'm not. I am not a therapist, nor am I a trauma specialist, but I am a highly intuitive human being and a coach who has a unique perspective that was created from my own lived experience and years of working on healing my own money trauma. I teach my community a deeply transformative and holistic approach to money healing that goes far beyond superficial band-aid approaches like budgets and mindset work that I will be sharing with you on this podcast. I want to use this platform to share my knowledge, my years of wisdom and lived experience to help you along in your journey back home to you, the original you, the one that lies beyond the fear and the conditioning of your past. I chose to dedicate my life's work to helping others heal their money wounds because I see how money can hold us back from fully expressing ourselves. I hope the story I share with you today will demonstrate how money healing goes way deeper than dollars and how our trauma runs deeper than mindset work. Money is a taboo subject that makes us all feel uncomfortable. Lack of financial resources is one of the reasons how financial trauma develops. But there are other non-money-related factors that can contribute to your trauma around money. When you have wounding around receiving unconditional love as a child, or trauma that affected your sense of belonging and self-worth, or trauma around neglect or certain circumstances that caused you to stop trusting others, This can all be the underlying cause of your trauma around money. Even with the best of childhoods, many of my clients have money trauma that has held them back. Money trauma is any trauma that we experience that impacts our relationship with money. And sometimes the most benign situations can create a painful imprint from the point of view of a child. 
Today, I want to share my story with you and my intention of doing that is to demonstrate how events from childhood, even those that are not directly related to money, could be at the root of your sabotaging financial behaviors. I have an investigative mind. As a kid, um, all I wanted to be was a detective. So I guess you can say investigating the root cause of money trauma is my superpower. My clients even call me Nadine the X-ray machine because of this superpower. But I'm not superhuman, y'all. I just come from a background of trauma and abuse. And I'm about to share with you how this background has affected my relationship with money and what made me decide to heal and how my healing journey took me further beyond mainstream strategies and mindset work. So who am I? And what's my money story? I was born in the Middle East in the early 80s, and it was such a crazy time in that region. Jordan is situated right smack dab in the middle of wars that were raging in all these neighboring countries. We had a large influx of refugees at the time, and Jordan is a small country. So the resources were stretched and poverty and instability were, they were everywhere. And from the point of view of a child, this is very scary. During the Gulf War in the early 80s, petrol became so scarce that I remember a law where vehicles with even numbered license plates were allowed on the road on certain days of the week and odd numbered license plates on others to just to conserve petrol. Parents were losing their jobs and it was very scary and unstable. The way houses are heated in Jordan and how we get our hot water in Jordan all relies on a petrol byproduct. So even bathing with hot water was a luxury at the time. And as you can imagine, it was quite oppressive for women and girls over there. As a teenager, I would get harassed in the street if I wore something too tight or too short, and it would be totally my fault for wearing that. In my 20s, where I used to get around um, in taxis because I didn't drive, I used to be so harassed by taxi drivers for not wearing a headscarf, and they would just tell me that I'm surely going to go to hell. <laughs> anyway, things were even worse at home. Dad provided the basics food, good schools, and a roof over our heads, which I am grateful for. But as a result of his own upbringing, he was also able to provide a healthy dose of abuse, generous amounts of daily insults, and he made sure we always remembered that we were worthless. Forgiving him was one of the toughest things that I had to do on my healing journey. And forgiving him was something that I did for myself. Because when we carry around all that spite and all these feelings that are against someone all our lives, it just feels so heavy and burdensome. So forgiving him was really about liberating myself. But a part of me will always remain heartbroken for the love and acceptance that I so wish I received as a child from my father. My mother met my dad at uni in Baghdad and she moved to Jordan when they got married. My mom back then was so young and so pretty and she always felt so precious and fragile to me. She was alone with no friends and no family to offer her emotional support. Instinctively, even as a child, I took on the role of her confidant and protector. 
I just wanted to protect her from my dad's cruelty and his unfair expectations. Her talent, her ambition, her beauty, and her ability to think outside the box threatened him to the core. My inside world at home and the outside world at school and the environment in Jordan all added up and resulted in lots of pain and trauma, creating my attachment wounds and the wounding I have or had around rejection, abandonment, and self-worth, which hugely impacted my relationship with money. And I will share with you how these wounds that were unrelated to money and finances manifested in my money beliefs as an adult to help you start uncovering the roots of your own money wounds. Before I go on, I just want to remind you here real quick of what money trauma is. Money trauma is any trauma we experience that impacts our relationship with money. Trauma is something that happened to you or didn't happen to you that impacts your sense of safety, security, and your sense of worth. And I believe this definition is from Dr. Gabor Mate. Events impact people differently. Trauma is not only about apparent traumatic experiences. Anything that your body experiences as too much or too fast can be traumatizing to your system. At home, money was the carrot and the stick. It was used to manipulate us. I had to prove I was worthy and prepare what seemed like a dissertation if I were to ask for anything. The answer my dad gave was usually no, and that sucked. But it sucked even more when he said yes, because he would hold it over my head. He would threaten to change his mind if I didn't do what I was told to do, if I wasn't a good girl. So I grew up walking on eggshells. Everything felt so conditional and so unpredictable. If I were to sum up the general feeling we had at home growing up, it was constant fear and anxiety. My dad's mood might turn at any moment and who knew what would happen then? The worst part is when my cousins or my childhood friends would say to me now as, as adults, but look how strong it made you. You are so strong now and your life is awesome. Yes, thank you. My life is awesome. But as a child, I did not need to feel strong. I needed to feel safe. And I needed unconditional love and acceptance. Not receiving safety is one of the biggest reasons we have trauma. Because trauma is not only about what happened, it's also about what didn't happen and what we didn't receive in these early formative years, which is the foundation of our beliefs and conditioning as we progress through life. My teens were hella tough as well. I awkwardly navigated elementary school and then I got sent to a Catholic high school and I just went to school with a bunch of uppity rich girls, which was a, f a nightmare. My friends, you know, my friends who would come over to do projects or whatever, they treated me differently um, the moment they saw my house. But even at school, I was always the odd one out because I wasn't wearing the trendiest shoes or didn't have the trendiest trapper keepers or whatever you call them back then or like backpacks. I was always made fun of and um, my our tiny apartment where we lived in, people were just making fun of it all the time. And this is a trend I see a lot with clients. Bullying, 
high school bullying or childhood bullying has a massive effect on our relationship with money as adults. I am going to get into this in a future episode that is just dedicated to money trauma. I got my first taste of freedom when I went to university. I got to study at the Jordan University of Science and Technology, which was far away from home, like an hour and a half drive, <laughs> far enough, and it had the most beautiful campus. And for the first time, I felt so seen and supported by my professors and my new friends, and I even had a really nice boyfriend at the time, and he thought the world of me. And I just felt so seen and understood for the first time in my life. And it was truly healing, especially as things got increasingly difficult at home. My mother finally had enough of being treated like crap. And with my help and emotional support, she finally left my father. We always joke and say that my mom was my first coaching client. A divorce was imminent. It was um, going to happen, was bound to happen. But it was unheard of at the time for a Catholic family like ours. So, um, yeah, for a woman to leave her husband, it was just absolutely unheard of. I clearly remember how mom was verbally abused and blatantly told that she was bringing shame to the Zumut family by leaving. Certain members of the Zumut family preferred if she stayed and kept taking in the abuse rather than leave and bring shame to the family name. Yeah, right. Not on my watch. After uni, I worked at the radio station in Jordan as a radio DJ. I hosted the Wednesday evening rock show. It was so much fun. But all I wanted, all I needed was to leave Jordan. My dad barely allowed me to leave the house, let alone go on a plane. But I finally made it happen when I was 23. I got accepted at the University of Melbourne here in Australia to do my postgrad and after some horrendous fighting with my dad and with the help of a very education-focused uncle and aunt that I have, we were able to convince dad to let me go. It was meant to be for like a semester, but <laughs> I left and I never looked back. It's been, what, 18 years now. And... When I was gone, it was very exciting to be away, but as the excitement wore off, my money trauma got worse. At the time, I truly and naively believed that my trauma and my insecurities and my anxiety would stay behind in Jordan. But as you can imagine, that was not the case. I had severe financial anxiety, and even though I was far from Jordan, and far away from my dad and far away from all this, my scarcity was the blueprint that was running the show. And the worst of all, that I was a chronic underspender, which is a real problem when it affects the quality of your life. I was scared to spend money. I was scared to buy myself nice things and my financial anxiety was terrible. It didn't matter how much money I made, I was always anxious, always waiting for the other shoe to drop. Even when I was making the best money of my life, I was skimping on my self-care. I would only buy the cheapest clothes and I would nickel and dime myself at the supermarket. When I went out to restaurants, I chose what I wanted to eat according to the cheapest thing on the menu. The worst thing was making more money only amplified my anxiety and my scarcity mentality was secretly running the show no matter what my savings account looked like. 
I put myself on a budget, but it re-traumatized me. I saw top-notch therapists, but my trauma was so deep that they were only able to offer temporary relief from my deep money wounds and my lack of fulfillment. And here's the problem. Even as top-notch therapists, no one offered to look at my past to understand the root cause of this irrational self-sabotage. What I wish I had back then was me, (laughs) me now. What I really wish I had back then was someone to hold my hand as we navigated my past like I do now with my clients. One of the foundational things I do with my one-on-one clients is to take a holistic look at their childhood so we can better understand how their past is affecting their present circumstances and their beliefs about money. So let's do that together now with the information that I shared with you about my upbringing. So when we take this holistic look at my life and my past experiences and apply it to my money patterns back then, you will see that the constant fear and instability at home and the constant reminder that I was bad no matter what I did created a sense of hopelessness and helplessness within me which instilled the waiting for the other shoe to drop feeling, where I would wait for bad things to happen just because things are good. My caretaking instincts made me splurge when it came to others, but chronically underspend when it came to myself and my needs. The root of my chronic underspending and hoarding, yes, money hoarding is a thing, The root of it was the lack of stability and the constant fear we lived through during childhood. And I know people think that not spending money meant that you were good at money. That's the mainstream belief that not spending money is good. That's actually not true. The underspending, the nickel and diming, all of this was stopping me from relaxing and from enjoying life and even investing in my health. And this is why I said earlier that um, going on a budget re-triggered my trauma. It made my oversaving worse because I actually thought it was a good financial habit. Not saying it's a bad financial habit, but in that specific case, it was not the best idea for me. A few years later, as I became a more experienced money coach, I came to a huge discovery. I uncovered that my underspending or oversaving was a subconscious attempt to protect myself from uncertainty and my constant waiting for the other shoe to drop even when things were going well. And here's the thing, y'all. Our self-sabotaging habits were created subconsciously as a protective mechanism. This is why in my programs we never use the popular term limiting beliefs when we refer to our protective patterns. I will talk more about this when I dive into the eight money archetypes and the internal family systems in future episodes. So this is a quick demonstration of how financially unrelated trauma has a direct impact on money. And it might sound like I was a shy, helpless person, but if you met me back then, you would think that I was the most confident, fun-loving person ever. And I was, I still am, but I no longer do this as a trauma response. Back then, my outgoing, fun-loving, entertaining personality was my coping mechanism. Humor, severe self-trust, and a stronger-than-normal sense of self bordering on 
hypervigilance was how I survived. I had to bury my wounds so deep so I could navigate the world. But I got tired of feeling small and burdened by money. Then my spiritual awakening happened in New Orleans back in 2015. One of the things I have always wanted for myself as a teenager hiding under the covers from my dad listening to Pearl Jam and Alice in Chains in my Walkman was to visit the US because it was the birthplace of all the music and all the movies that I loved so much. And to this day, I would say that music kept me sane and allowed me to dream back in my teens when everything felt so dark and hopeless. And I have the secret wish that one day I'm going to discover that Eddie Vedder is my real father. (laughs) It was quite difficult back then to get a tourist visa to travel in the US as a Jordanian. So I waited until I was granted Australian citizenship to get there. As I was planning my trip to the US, my gut told me that New Orleans is where it's at. So I listened to my gut and I included it in my US itinerary and I'm so glad I listened because that trip changed my life. If I had not listened, I would not have met my husband and I would not have had my spiritual awakening or maybe I would have, but it wouldn't have worked out the way it did. My spiritual awakening hit me like a bolt of lightning on a muggy day by the Mississippi River. I remember that when it hit me, I just knew it was like a massive download. I knew I was meant for bigger and better things than to be held back by my past. And spiritual awakenings are great, but if you are someone who has gone through a spiritual awakening or perhaps you are in the middle of your own spiritual awakening right now, you know how disorienting and discombobulating they are. When you realize that, oh shit, now I've got to change my whole life, and then you also realize that it has to come from within, it's really, it's a confusing time and also an awesome time. I had this clear feeling in my gut that I was meant to be of service and to help others heal, but I also knew I could not bring my own money wounds with me as they were keeping me small and scared. I knew I had to let go, but something was holding me back. It was like I had one foot on the gas pedal and the other foot on the brake pedal at the same time. I think this is what you would describe as self-sabotage when you your brain wants something but your actions are doing the complete opposite. This is when I knew that my unconscious patterns were buried deeper than I thought they were and they were secretly running my life, sabotaging my finances and holding me back from embodying my life's purpose. I knew I had to find a way beyond budgets and surface level mindset work to heal my traumas at the root. I wanted to invest in help. I wanted to get a coach or a mentor and get some guidance on what my next steps were, but I was too scared to even invest in myself. I have always had a strong connection with my intuition, as you probably noticed, but back then my fear was even greater. And to be honest with you, in hindsight, I would not change my life's circumstances for the world. 
My deep pain and trauma led me down this rabbit hole and it led me towards different healing modalities that seem very unrelated to money. Things like internal family systems, which I use a version of through the archetypal work that I do with clients, also to nervous system healing and inner child work. And as a coach, you can only lead your clients as deep as you've gone yourself. This trauma healing experience, along with the certification and working with like the best coaches and mentors in the industry, it has given me the experience and the tools to lead clients deeper than they've ever been, which leads to even deeper transformation, not just superficial change. Your money healing journey is going to change you. It's going to change you for the better in so many ways because it's a journey of growth and grief and shedding and liberation and daring. And it's so worth it. I have lived in many countries and had the opportunity to immerse myself in different cultures. And that changed me a lot. But if I'm completely honest, my richest experience and my deepest transformation came from my healing journey. Because even when I was traveling and experiencing the world, I was still burdened with insecurity and anxiety. The inner peace that came as a result of my healing enables me to enjoy and be present in every moment, savoring life as it is without waiting for the other shoe to drop. Because it doesn't matter where we are in the world or if we live in fancy mansions or drive the coolest cars, if we don't have a quiet mind and a resilient heart, we won't be able to just let go and allow life in. And this is something I see people do all the time. Seeking out adventure and pleasure, try to fix their lives from the outside in rather from the inside out. Thanks to my uh, trauma healing journey, I no longer feel like I'm running away from something. And of course, I am human, so I find myself falling back into old habits. And don't believe anyone who says that they don't. But when I do, I am able to hold space for myself and lean in instead of run away or attempt to control the situation. So what lies beyond the fear for me? A life that is driven by love, radical acceptance, and a strong alignment with my desires and intuition. This little girl from Jordan, who never had a proper childhood, who has always been the protector of her mother and siblings and the punching bag of her father, now has three passports, speaks three languages, and leads a kick-ass money coaching business. I am in a loving relationship and I feel safe to hold space and spoil my inner child. I finally have a healthy relationship with money, one that is built on freedom. Now money no longer feels like an obstacle or an oppressor. Money is now my friend who comes along with me on adventures that are instigated by wherever my intuition wants me to go. And this is very important because my intuition is expensive. Sometimes my intuition guides me to just pack and go live somewhere new. Or my intuition says, okay, it's time for you to go here or to take a day off or to take this course or hire a coach. My intuition knows no financial limits. And I also have a system to support it, which provides a great balance of flow and form.
And a few years ago, something miraculous happened. Through a series of events, my father and I have made peace with each other. He has mellowed out with age and we exchanged some friendly communication and now we enjoy a nice father-daughter relationship. This was the last thing I ever expected to happen. And even though it doesn't change the past, it has brought me some sense of peace. I share this with you just to, you know, give you hope and hold this vision for you to show you what's possible. Let this be your expander. All the pain has a happy ending. Through alchemizing my pain and my trauma, I was able to create this beautiful life and a program that has helped dozens of clients change their lives. My program is so specifically targeted to healing the underlying trauma that manifests as overspending, under-earning, scarcity, anxiety, financial indecision, and chronic underspending. This has helped my clients shave off years of guesswork and time spent in financial pain, which is something that I love doing. Waking up every morning and doing what you love is the most rewarding and the best gift ever. And seeing how my program helps my clients and how it changes their lives is also the most rewarding gift. Here's the thing. Leaning into the shadows of your money trauma as an act of spiritual healing will help heal deeply rooted childhood wounds that also manifest in other areas in your life. They can manifest as unhealthy relationships, codependency, unworthiness, and even addiction. The reason being is that our money wounds, let's say our overspending or our financial anxiety, they all stem from the same roots, the same core childhood wounds that also manifest as these unhealthy relationships, also weak boundaries and lack of self-worth, toxic relationships, etc. These are all symptoms of your core childhood wounds. And this is where I take my clients. You remember how earlier I said we go deeper than money? This is because your money habits are just a manifestation of your core wounds. Your core wounds is where the real healing happens. And this is why doing the money healing work in this way will have a ripple effect on other areas of your life. And the other thing is that when we have trauma and when we're operating in survival mode, this disconnects us from our intuition. This is why when you do deep trauma healing like this, you will also be able to reconnect with your intuition and connect with your life's purpose. After our work together, the majority of my clients change their lives entirely. They quit jobs they hate, they start businesses, they start blogs, they rebuild their lives and they create these lives that are so invigorating and aligned. And it's just like this massive transformation. Their faces change. Sometimes I would take a screenshot from our earlier Zoom calls and from our first or second session, for example, and I take a screenshot from session number like 12 or 13, and I show them the difference in their faces. They shine differently. 
their faces are shining, their postures are different, they look lighter, they look less burdened, they, um, they have this light in their faces, they have more playfulness, and their smile is genuine because they are literally smiling from their eyes too. And I'm not going to lie to you and say that it's a walk in the park. Healing is a journey, it is non-linear, it is a process, not a destination, and it will take time. This type of healing I'm talking about works at the nervous system level and your nervous system likes slowness. Each layer of pain you heal and integrate will give you a newfound sense of freedom and liberation. So it's worth it. Healing our money wounds is not about money. Healing our money wounds is about healing the most important relationship in your life, your relationship with yourself. That includes your relationship with love, safety, belonging, and creativity. And it's about not being held back by fear. And that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Sharing my money story with you was not easy, but it was deeply healing. I hope this episode gives you hope and helps you feel like you're not alone. And if you feel called to share your story with me, then you are welcome to book a clarity session so I can help you uncover the roots of your financial patterns. Now it's time to share your journal prompts. Okay, so what is your money story? And this is a broad question and we will keep coming back to this question in many different angles. But for today, a good place to start could be what is your earliest money memory? And here's the second question or the second prompt. What in your childhood has impacted your relationship with money? What in your childhood has impacted your relationship with money? These are deep questions, so make yourself a cup of tea, get cozy and dig in because your subconscious holds lots of answers for you that might even surprise you. Next episode, I am going to be sharing with you my unconventional view and perspective on money. So make sure you hit subscribe and stay tuned. And remember this, the world needs you to be you beyond the fear. If you love this podcast, the biggest thing you can do to help is to leave a five-star review and share it with a friend. Okay, everyone. Thank you for listening and see you next time. Stay safe.